Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My first thought would be alive. Contact Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys. Daniel Hey, everybody. You have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's get the phones hopping. The phone number to call in, 347-838-9815. The number again is 347-838-9815. We are firmly entrenched in the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Royal Rumble is dead and buried. Uh, Elimination Chamber is night, and that will be the final pay-per-view before we head into WrestleMania. So this is kind of a big deal. Uh, not one of the major pay-per-views, but being the last one before uh, WrestleMania, it is a big deal. Um, let's get into some of the news that uh, has occurred this week. And first off, let's introduce uh, my co-host, my partner in crime, my tag team partner. Uh, Dave is on the line. He's going to assist in co-hosting. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you, Ken? I am doing all right. Are you excited about the Elimination Chamber? I, I am. I am. It's the... Uh... It's the final stop on pay-per-view before WrestleMania, and uh, it's where we're really going to see the, the direction that we're going to go in towards Miami and uh, April 1st, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. The chamber matches are always very exciting and uh, very violent, minus the blood these days, but uh, it's um, I'm looking forward to both chamber matches, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's the most violent structure in wrestling history, unless they're promoting a Hell in a Cell match, in which case that's the most violent structure in wrestling history. Uh, but some of the news coming out this week, um, first off, I'd like to, and I'm sure uh, I'll, on behalf of, of Dave as well, best wishes out to uh, Jesse Sorensen, who uh, was injured last week in TNA Pack Wrestling's pay-per-view uh, unfortunately, a neck injury, uh, broke vertebrae. Uh, latest reports we heard that he's got some feeling in his extremities, um, still recovering from that injury. So anyone who's a wrestling fan, a wrestler, anyone who's ever watched wrestling, um, you know, a lot of respect for performers and what they go through. Um, you know, people who say it's it's whatever, you're, you're an idiot. Uh, these guys risk a lot and... Uh, you know, Jesse Sorensen uh, paid a bit of a price last week, so I'd like to extend from the Ken Reedy Show uh, best wishes in a full and, and speedy recovery for Jesse Sorensen. Um, and, and that's some of the bad news that's happened this week. Uh, good news, WrestleMania next year will be coming to New Jersey. Uh, the press conference was held this week. Uh, next year, WrestleMania 29 uh, it will be coming to uh, MetLife Stadium, which is interesting, an outdoor arena uh, in April in the, the Northeast. Uh, what do you think of that announcement, Dave? I think it's pretty big. Um, I think that, uh, first and foremost, if I, can, uh, if, I, if I can interject and say it's the home of the Super Bowl 46 champion New York Giants, um, 
<laughs> Just had to get that one in there. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's great. And um, because uh, MetLife Stadium, the Meadowlands, is so close to New York, it's going to create a uh, a big media buzz. It already has. Um, being close, so close to New York, and uh, the WWE has uh, deep roots in the tri-state area, and I think you're going to see, um, you know, the, the hardcore wrestling fans, the big following that um, that WWE has in that area. They're going to come out in droves for this WrestleMania, whether it's rain or shine or snow, <laughs> at that time of year. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty pumped for it. You know, I live two two and a half hours away, so I can save on airfare when I go next year. Yeah, I do find it interesting though that they. Um... You know, you kind of expect that uh, WrestleMania 30 would be in this area, having uh, 1, 10, and 20 in uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, interesting, like what, you know, I don't think, it, it's it's funny. I don't think it's, it's a big deal coming back to this area. I think it's even a bigger deal what this means uh, for 30. Is this the first uh, that they, they decide not to have in this area, you know, the, the I know the 25th was a big anniversary, but you know what I mean. The 1, 10, 20, 30, you just assumed it would be in this area. Do they go with two in a row and bring it back to the Garden, or do they go someplace else? I think they're going to stick to stadiums because they know where the money is. I mean, granted, the, the rich history that Madison Square Garden has with professional wrestling, mainly with the WWE, um, I think Vince McMahon understands and respects that, and I think bringing WrestleMania to the tri-state area in an in a open-air stadium like MetLife, I, I think uh, I think that's the second best thing to do at the same time. You know, bring it to that area and to also make a lot of money. Um, the general economy um, in that area as well as, uh, you know, business-wise for uh, WWE. So, um, in fact, Vince McMahon, he's been wanting to run that stadium since they've opened. And from what I understand, um, the rumors I've heard is that he wanted to get he wanted to set the indoor, or excuse me, the attendance record for an event um, at that stadium before the NFL does, because the NFL is going to host the 2014 uh, Super Bowl at that stadium, and they won't they won't nearly hit the the, the attendance record for the Super Bowl um, as opposed to what WWE is going to do when you could put thousands of people on the field to to watch the match itself. So I think this is a big coup for. Uh, for uh, World Wrestling Entertainment to uh, bring this event to, to that stadium. Agreed, yes. It's definitely going to be a, a, a huge event. And, you know, I mean, McMahon, just even if, you know, he only has the event in, the event record uh, until the Super Bowl, you know, just having it having the record, you know, Vince is going to uh, love to, to have that. Um, yeah, it does make, you know, and I, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, I think the state will actually get to a testing run See uh, logistically, like what the Super Bowl might like uh, when the area hosted. Um, it should be interesting. Um, I, I don't know what to, from from going to different WrestleManias. I mean, the stadium's kind of like you know in the middle of nowhere. So uh, transporting in and out, um, you know who's you know where they're going to be staying, the hotel, uh, the infrastructure. It should be interesting. And I think Christie had a really interesting week this week uh, between. You know, announcing that WrestleMania is going to be coming to Jersey, outlawing gay marriage, and flying the flags at half mast for Whitney Houston. Quite a week for Governor Christie. Yeah, he's he's really got a balanced ticket going on there. He's a piece. He's uh, <laughs> he, he's pleasing the, the 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 world of the wrestling fans. Um, 
he's uh, he's he's uh, honoring and respecting the, the the passing of Whitney Houston and to her fans, and uh, he's alienating the uh, homosexual community. So <laughs> he, he's he's doing quite well for himself this week. They should they should have brought Chuck and Billy for the the press conference. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But uh, anyway, yeah, 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 so that's that's Rico too. What was that? Can't forget Rico too. Rico was a big part of that act at one time. Right, Rico. I wonder what he's doing with himself. Does anyone really care? Anyway, moving on. So that's the big deal. Uh, you know, WrestleMania coming to the New Jersey area, New, New Jersey. It's funny because they see like you know I saw the sign and it's New York, New Jersey. I mean it's New Jersey. Places like the Giants and Jets don't want to admit they're playing in New Jersey. Uh, WrestleMania doesn't want to fully say that it's in New Jersey, but it's New Jersey. It's not New York, New Jersey. It's it's in New Jersey. Well, um, but that's the big announcement. Tidbit, you know, we're talking about you know uh, where stadiums are located. You know, the, the you know, WrestleMania 28 upcoming this year. It's, that's not in Miami. I've been to that stadium to witness a few uh, Florida Marlins baseball games, and they're closer to Fort Lauderdale than anything else. The Citrus Bowl that was, you know, uh, technically in Orlando, that's not in Orlando. That's, like, outside of Orlando. So, I mean, you're not, you know, when they when they announce these cities uh, that, that host these WrestleManias, um, I think they look at it more as, like, not the actual WrestleMania itself, but the week-long events that take place. You know, the Georgia Dome was in downtown Atlanta. Um, so let's just keep in mind that, uh, you know, a lot of these stadiums aren't exactly where they say they are, but just putting a name of a big city like a New York or a, a Miami attracts more people because it's a big tourist attraction. So you can look at it that way. Lies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other big news, honestly, I mean, it's, it's big news maybe in, in girth and in uh, – I don't know, just in, in sheer cellulite capacity, but the Funkasaurus has been pulled off of TV after a major uh, debut, um, a huge months, years long, it seemed, uh, lead up to him coming in. Um, all of us thinking we're going to get a big, bruising Brodus Clay, and he shows up dancing and jiggling uh, his way into your heart and mine. Um, and yet now, Vince McMahon, I guess the reports are, not impressed with the Funkasaurus's prowess in the ring and pulled from WWE TV. Your thoughts? A um, couple of things. First of all, whoever gave them the green light to put him on television, if that's how they feel, should should be fired. Um, I if, if that's if that's their their real feeling behind it. Um, this character's gotten a lot of backlash over the internet. If you remember years ago, um, their wrestling was about, about characters of all different shapes and sizes. Nowadays, everybody kind of looks the same with these, you know, muscular physiques and, and the, you know, the, the, the semi-bodybuilder look. Um, Brodus Clay brings a little something different with his look um, to, to, the, uh, to the product. And uh, if you remember, there was a guy by the name of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, that jiggled you know, into your heart and mind for many, many years in the 80s and in the, in the early 90s. And uh, he got over like a million bucks. Granted, his microphone work you know, really helped, but he wasn't the prototypical uh, version of a wrestler as far as a look goes. So... Um, I don't. I don't know whether. Uh, I don't. 
I mean, it's it got over. A lot of people liked it. I, I personally liked it. I thought it was something, you know, funny and cool, and it could work for a time being, you know, for a certain amount of time. But um, I don't see. I mean, that, whoever, whoever came up with the idea to burn it on TV and then realize, like, you know, a little while later that he's not, you know, his in ring work sucks. They, 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 you know, they should be looking at that more than more than anything else than what you know Brodus brings to the table. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, I do think the best characters, and I've said this before on the show, the best characters in wrestling are when they, they find um, an extension of the true person. Uh, these guys aren't actors. Um, you know, some of them, you know, Jericho has taken acting lessons. Um, I would assume probably most of them have not. They're not actors. They're professional wrestlers. And, and to me, the best characters are, you know, take, the person's actual personality or part of their actual personality and turn the volume up to 10. And that will make for a good character because there's a frame of reference for the performer. Uh, my feeling on Brodus Clay is he, to me, he never looked comfortable. And that may have been translating in his in-ring work. He, I know, you know, He's supposed to be the Funkasaurus. He really didn't look like he had much rhythm. His dancers were great. Um, but he, to me, he didn't look comfortable. Um, he, he seems more comfortable as, as just being that, that big bruiser. Um, you know, and I don't know if go back to the drawing board and repatch him. Um, you know, after the squash matches that he had, I, I started to doubt where exactly the character could go. Now, granted, 100% correct. He was over with the crowd. The crowd was digging the Funkasaurus. Uh, there were a lot of signs out there for the Funkasaurus. Um, for me, I, I just didn't see any longevity for this character, um, and I really didn't know where they were going to go with it. Uh, I, I was kind of unimpressed with, with the whole thing, although, again, liked the dancers. My life. Yeah, the, the dancers were nice to look at. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? I'm going to do it. We, we have a couple of phone callers on, on the line, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the phones right now. Let's Hi, are you there, caller? Hey, how you doing, Ken? Good, how are you? All right, this is Tony. Hey, Tony. Oh, Tony. Tony, for yeah. everyone, uh, you know, check us out on, on the Uh Tony is our guest blogger. Uh, he's been doing uh, cast blogs, recapping every show for us. Um, really, I mean, if you miss the show, read Tony's blog. It's a very thorough uh, synopsis and, and opinion. Uh, how are you doing today, Tony? Ah, thanks for the plug. I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, like I say, you were talking about um, the Brutus Clay character, you know, and, and of course, thanks for the blog. You know, yeah, like I say, I write, I do all those. You know, uh, I'll be doing a live SmackDown one this Tuesday also. Um, cool. As far as the, the Brutus Clay uh, character went, you know, yeah, I agree. I didn't really see much uh, it, much in that too, too, because like I spent weeks and weeks of building him up, of showing his vignettes of him being the kind of like Mark Henry as this just dominating monster. And it's like they debut him, and I'm just like, why is he wearing Flash Funk's old gimmick? You're like, why is he in the, <laughs> why is he in the Flash Funk getup? What the hell is this? <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I, I didn't yeah, I didn't really see a lot of uh, a long run in that. I mean, I thought it was gonna be, he was going to be like on Rikishi level at best as far as the... Uh, you know, the mid you know, like in the mid cards. Also, uh, Dave, I want to. You think um, I read your um, underrated WrestleMania moments? Oh yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, 
I thought it was very good, actually. I actually did, did remember uh, most of those. The, um, of course, the uh, Triple H, Tombstone, and the Undertaker is actually for me is actually one of the one of the uh, main parts of the parts of the match. It's like one of the you know highlights that sticks out in my mind for that one. And uh, Bret and Owen, that match was like, oh yeah, that was one of the that was like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I remember being at the time I was eleven, and I was I was actually an Owen Hart fan, but you know, back then I was I was cheering on Owen Hart, and um, just like you, know, I I didn't think that happened win either. And when he did, I was just like I was so ecstatic. I was just like <laughs> he beat. I was like yeah, he beat Bret. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was I was actually at, I was at that WrestleMania, um, and. The the oh, arena, we were all shocked. Like it was just kind of weird. Like, did Owen actually just win? Did he just? It was a weird kind of. He just won. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I was shocked. That, you know, I was shocked that he won too. But I was so you know, like I was jumping for joy over it. <laughs> you know, I was just like, um, and, you know, because I, I I was I was pulling for Owen. I was one of the. <laughs> I used to root on the. I used to pull for the heels back then. <laughs> so, uh, Tony, what what are you you seeing tonight? What do you think in a. The, the, let's just talk the two uh, chamber matches. Uh, what are you looking for tonight? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't, I'm probably not going to see the show after what happened with the Rumble. I mean, they burnt us with that one. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably just you know, see what's going on. You know, read the you know get live coverage uh, of the show. And uh, but as far as the chamber matches themselves, I, I'm guessing Daniel Bryan will re, will uh, retain the world title. Uh, he'll do something where he'll sneak out a win or something, and uh, I still have no idea why Santino Morella is in there. I mean, when I, you know, I, I watched that Battle Royal on SmackDown. It was just like it was it was like Jobberville over there. It was. <laughs> it was, you know, it was just like you know, like, either Jobberville or you know, like little mid card guys who were a bit, who WWE's totally missed the boat with them. Some of them. I mean, they should have had like Drew McIntyre win since he's been on like a losing streak ever since uh, forget Tiffany went nuts at the Playboy Mansion. I kind of agree with you. Like it's you know enough with uh, um, and Tony. Thank you so much for the call and thanks for the blogs. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate oh, it, man. Before I go, before I go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, with you wanted my particular on the chamber. I just I think either Punk or Jericho because they're definitely going to be doing them. It's going to be Punk versus Jericho at Mania. I'm guessing that Chris Jericho will come out the champ. Either I don't know. I like can't. CM Punk will have been eliminated already, and then it'll be down to Jericho and you know one of the other one of the others, or or maybe you know it's like Punk will like do like some kind of back and forth with somebody, and then just like you know fight you know um, be like to the nail with the guy, and then maybe you know just like make the guy tap out, and then like he'll be so winded that like, Jericho will just like um, maybe just like drape his arm and get and pin him, you know, so it's like they don't have the actual. You know, like he didn't like pin him, but you know, like they won't actually have to go at it until WrestleMania. They want to build right, it up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, sounds good. All right, thanks a lot. Look forward yeah, to your blogs. Yeah. Thanks. Man. All right, I'll be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that that Tony brought up uh, Drew McIntyre because enough of like the, you know, you're gonna get fired, <laughs> and like every week you're gonna get fired. Maybe, maybe you're gonna get fired if you lose. Tonight, you know, it's funny you bring up that point because uh, I remember at one. I remember there was one match. I think it was like the third or fourth week into this storyline where he had a match and he lost. I forget who he lost to. I think it was that blindfold match to Santino, and um, they had a lumberjack match at the end of the night. I think it was the lumberjack match with Daniel Bryan and Mark Henry. I want to say for the title a couple weeks before the Rumble, and 
Drew McIntyre was uh, was was out there as one of the lumberjacks. And mind you, his match was prior to the lumberjack match earlier in the show. Now, if you fire somebody in real life, you know you you let somebody go, you know, on the spot at work. You don't ask them to finish out the rest of their shift at work and clean out their, you know, it's normally clean out your desk and get the fuck out. It's not, hey, we're going to fire you, but could you please stay for another two or three hours until, you know, the, the, the night's over? I mean, come on. That, that was ridiculous. It wasn't. Plus, you know, I, I think this guy's got some talent. I mean, I, I you know, it, it surprises me that they, they haven't been able to find a niche for him. I mean, he's not great, but, you know, he's got a good look. He's pretty solid in the ring. He actually can talk a bit. Um, it's kind of surprising to me that they can't find some niche for this guy. And, you know, it is interesting. I mean, look, I, I kind of – I'm going to play both sides. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. On one hand, Santino Morella, yeah, it was – Tony's 100% correct. I mean, it was Jobberville in that battle royal. Now, I can't I mean, argue you know with that. those guys were. What? I didn't even know who half of those guys were when I was watching it. I mean, I, didn't I agree know, with like, you. It was, like, kind of like, it was one of those matches that should come with a program. But, um, you know, I, I can't argue with the fact that Santino got a huge pop when when he won. I mean, the, the place went nuts when Santino won. And, you know, I, I mean, when you think about wrestlers and the pops they get, I mean... You know, Santino's over with the crowd. So I'm going to put that aside that, like, I'm not going to completely bash Santino winning, although I, I don't get it, him in the Elimination Chamber. There's no way he's going to win. I want you to win. But anyway, there's no way he's going to win. That's obvious that he's, that he's not going to win. Um, it's kind of like what they did last year with him in the Royal Rumble when he was the runner-up uh, right. when with Del Rio. It kind of gave you, gave the people for that short moment uh, – a chance to believe that you know the the underdog was going was going to pull out the victory against you know this this uh, you know the the crafty Del Rio. Um, I think that Santino's entry into the Royal Rumble, or excuse me, into the Elimination Chamber um, tonight, I think that lead, I think it's going to lead to something um, bigger for that match because the match is so short on star power. Um, the rumor rumor mills have been running rampant this weekend that fans have spotted Rey Mysterio checking into uh, a hotel nearby in Milwaukee, and apparently he's supposed to do a, a, an appearance at uh, some car show nearby. He did one today, this afternoon, and Christian, who had tweeted a uh, postcard that said, Love from Milwaukee. Um, I think something is going to happen in that chamber, a la 2009 when Edge attacked Kofi, and he was a SmackDown wrestler, and he snuck into the Raw Chamber match, taking out Kofi. I think something similar like that's going to happen, recreated. It's possible. I think it, I think the Santino entry leaves open for something bigger to take place during that match because there is lack of star power. Like we talked about last month with that element of surprise that we had all hoped for with maybe The Rock coming back at the Royal Rumble. Um, maybe there's a possibility that some t- someone tonight unadvertised, uh, shows up and is placed in the chamber in place of Santino. And plus it would be more, it would give uh, the fans uh, an opportunity to be more sympathetic towards the Santino Morales character in the event that they decide to do something bigger with him down the line, which I don't think will happen. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they, they probably, you know, hopefully they're – I mean, it's funny because we talked about it before. I mean, I'd love to see someone – and maybe, you know, they don't think Rey Mysterio would, would sell as much uh, pre-ticket. You know, I mean, advertising Mysterio's return, is that really going to get people to buy more pay-per-views, uh, more people to buy the pay-per-view, more people to buy tickets? So perhaps that's a guy they would reserve for a surprise. Uh, same with Christian – um, because again, like we talked about last time, um, you know, it's long term versus short term, and, and we use The Rock when we talked about it. Short term, yes, you, you advertise The Rock is going to be in an event. Yes, more people are going to tune in. Yes, more people are going to buy tickets if it's a pay per view. Yes, maybe more people are going to buy the pay per view, um, and that's short term for that one pay per view. Long term is if you don't announce it. And all of a sudden, you have The Rock show up out of nowhere at some event. You can kind of start to create a buzz. Wow, who knows? Like who's going to show up when? We don't. We got to yeah. order. We got to order the next one because the WWE is going to try and you know throw us a curveball or, or, or surprise us with with something. Um, so again, it's long term versus short term, and we all lived through the Attitude Era and. Uh, part of the fun of that era was when both companies were fighting for wrestlers and you didn't know who was signing where and the internet wasn't as big as it is now. It was who's showing up on what show and uh, WCW was who's going to join the NWO. And there was always this element of surprise that was going on um, that, that doesn't happen now. And And we both know that there's, you know, we almost bet our next paycheck that on a night such as tonight, even it being the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania, that there's no way The Rock shows up tonight because no. they would advertise it beforehand. No way. With a guy of his stature, absolutely not. Right, which, again, for us as wrestling fans, it would be so cool if he showed up out of nowhere, but there's no way they would let him show up unadvertised um, to just come to the pay-per-view. So, you know... Remains to be seen. It would be cool if we see Christian uh, or Mysterio um, show up tonight um, in some capacity. Um, we're going to go back to the phone lines now. Let's awesome. see. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Ken? Hey, what's going on? This is Don. How are you, Don? Good. Are you on a digital? Fo- are you on a digital phone? Uh, no, I'm running this through my computer. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, you're breaking up a little bit. You're a little choppy. Your your guess is coming in clear. You're just a little choppy. But okay, I'll try and get that fixed. Thanks. You might have to reset your router. That's usually when I have those problems. It's easier to reset your router and modem. But uh, your guest uh, brought up uh, WrestleMania in New York, Super Bowl Giants. That's a good shout out. But um, you talked about you scratch your head why Santino is in the uh, chamber tonight, and I went on shopww.com, and sure enough, that sock, stupid sock pup, it's eleven ninety nine on there. So, you know, it's all about <laughs> merch. All about merch. You know, if kids are buying that Cobra sock, then uh, is going to continue to get pushed. So, yeah, you got to think about that angle as well. So, uh, Good point. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, like I said, he is over with the crowd, and, you know, sticking oh, him, extremely. Yeah. you know, a high-profile match at a pay-per-view, they oh, who knows how many like stocks crazy, you're gonna yeah. sell. <laughs> All right, anything else, Don? Well, yeah. As far as um, Illumination Chamber tonight, 
you said about, you know, everyone saying something big is going to happen, something big is going to happen, you know. Uh, did you guys see the tweet that The Rock sent out to John Cena on Valentine's Day, by the way? Uh, which one was that? Uh, well, Refresh our memory. <laughs> I don't want to repeat it on air, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh no, we curse on here. Go right ahead, please, by all means. Happy Valentine's Day, John. You're my bitch. Hashtag like uh, boots to pink panties or something. Something like that. <laughs> it was hilarious. Somebody retweeted it today, but it, I just thought about that. I wanted to mention that. But elimination chamber, because obviously the Rock Cena thing. We've heard that the Rock is going to be on Raw in March. It's going to make three appearances. You know, leading into uh, WrestleMania, so we know we're going to get a heavy dose of, of of The Rock in March. So I don't think he'll appear tonight. Uh, <clears throat> he probably would have sent out a tweet by now. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so that's probably not going to happen. But as far as something big, my prediction for something big, um, boy, <sighs> why not? I don't know. I mean, it's so there's so many. The, the the entrants have changed. I mean, who who's in it? As of now, the lineup changed in the last hour. It's been confusing for me as a fan to keep up with all the lineup changes in the chambers. So, uh, I guess my prediction is that I don't have a prediction. It's a, it's interesting. It's just my my comment is it's all over the map the way they've had these two chambers. So, I mean, I guess they like it predictable, unpredictable like that, you know. But for me as a fan, it's been hard to follow. Right, uh, and by the way, one last thing, Ken. Oh, sure. Ken, yeah. that photo of you and Mick Foley. On your uh, blog talk, what year was that taken? Wow, uh, I was I was a while back, uh, late nineties. Really, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, right around, uh, you know, the end. Of, I guess yeah, when he was with the WWE, like way uh, when he was in his heyday. Uh, around uh, actually, I'm thinking that was a book signing for his first book. So every year that was out, <laughs> that was the year it was taken. And- and I'm really excited about WrestleMania in New York as a New Yorker. And I think one of the uh, wrestlers tweeted out this week, I hope it snows for WrestleMania. I love looking forward to wrestling. love to wrestle a match like that. It's my dream come true or something. Was it Cena said that? Yeah, Cena mentioned that. Okay. Very cool. All right, Don, thanks. Yeah, I sent Cena a tweet and said, uh, New Yorkers don't like Boston, you know. The Rock will be welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for the call, Don. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, what Don's saying, an in, in unpredictable nature of, of things, this is what you'd, you'd want as a fan, um, you know, not knowing. I mean, the, the only lineup change really has been Santino. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, you if you're feeling like it's unpredictable and you don't know where uh, things are going to go, uh, that, that's good business. I guess Don, as a fan of the Ken Reedy show, wants us to uh, step up with the technology. I guess we're going to have to get the interns to uh, to uh, fix your router there, Ken. I have to get some interns. Actually, I'm sending out some some, some text asking people, and, and it might be uh, might be Don's computer actually, because uh, other people are hearing it pretty clear. So, um, if you're not hearing it clear, I apologize. We're doing our best here. It's you know I'm not at Sirius XM. I got my little makeshift studio in my house. Do the best we can with what we got. Um, but I wanted to get into a little bit. Uh, you know, we're going to get back to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, but we had a Facebook poll question. Uh, who are the top five wrestlers in the business today? 
Um, and I and I did find it interesting because I, I did. Uh, and Tony Volpe actually, uh, he tweeted me and he said, "What's the criteria?" And I kind of left it out there. I didn't want to set criteria because you know everyone is different when it comes to to pro wrestling. Um, you know what makes someone great? Um, some people say crossover appeal. In-ring prowess, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to go into. It could be everything altogether, but I, I didn't want to give criteria. I wanted to let people who follow the, the page and are listening to the show uh, kind of come up with their own criteria. Um, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I think that uh, Tony actually said the people, the wrestlers, the performers whom I will not turn the channel for. And I thought that was a really interesting criteria. Um, and I tried to think of guys that like I wouldn't change the channel for. And I, I thought that was like kind of a cool criteria because it is pro wrestling, and the last thing in the world you want is for your audience to change the channel while you're on uh, TV. Um, I did find it interesting, some of the answers that I found, which also led me to believe. And if you want to chime in, if you didn't write down your, your top five, um, you know, call in 347-838-9815. And again, it's 347-838-9815. And I did start to think about also, you know, how many, like, are there a lot of true wrestling fans out there anymore? Or is everybody just a mark? For their guy, um, you know, because I, I I was looking at some people's lists and it's interesting that now you know I did see Jericho made it to a, a couple of people's lists, um, and I found that interesting because he hadn't done shit yet, um, and I don't know, and I love Jericho and I think Jericho's last run in the WWE is amazing. I'm not putting him in my top five right now. He's done nothing. Um, I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with this character. Uh, you know, I get the silent treatment and everything that he was doing, um, but I was I was intrigued that he made uh, a few people. He made their their top five. Um, what do you think on that, Dave? Uh, concerning Jericho. Yeah, what do you think about Jericho? Um, I remember reading an interview back with Jericho. You know, every ever since he was gone for the over a year, year and a half period, um, the, the question he got in every interview is when you're coming back, when you're coming back. And it got to the point where he got sick and tired of, you know, answering the question. And his answer would be, I'm coming back when I can be able to do something different that nobody's done and where I can be able to reinvent myself, which is good from a performer standpoint because that shows that he's got, you know, he's got heart and passion for the product and doesn't want to just rely on, you know, is, you know, the, 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 the same, you know, uh, song and dance that he has performed over the years. Um, Jericho coming top back five and, right now. Well, yeah, no, let me, let, let, let me finish. I don't, I mean, I, the only reason I can think of is why some people put him in that category is for the way that he had, gotten the attention of the audience and the internet by not saying a word for over a few weeks, which I thought was pretty clever. I'll have to give him that. It was pretty damn clever that he, the first time he came, I mean, he worked everybody. 
and everybody eats for at least three weeks, you know, a good month. They were, you know, they were eating it up, waiting for him to say something. He was still getting good reactions, too, until the one promo when, uh, you know, he cut, you know, the, the official promo that he cut um, on the Chamber opponents a few weeks ago and talking about how they had all copied him. I remember reading some of his tweets where he had talked about guys that had been plagiarizing his work and, uh, you know, why would he want to come back to WWE to work with a bunch of guys that want to be like him? And now they've turned what he said on Twitter into a storyline with several guys. Um, do I think he's in the top five in the best, best, you know, top five right now? No, absolutely not. I think he's still got, you know, more to show the audience. And if he's going to really reinvent himself as a performer and as a character, um, you know, I want to be able to see what he's going to do. I don't think he's not in my top five. I'll tell you that. Uh, nor did he make my top five. And again, like I, I kind of start thinking about, you know, like I said before, is everyone out there just a mark? Or wrestling fans become like, you're not really a wrestling fan anymore. You're just a mark for your guy. Um, because I do, you know, and it's interesting, like CM Punk made almost everybody's list. Um, and, and it's interesting because a lot of the criticism right now for people who are CM Punk fans or marks, if you will, um, you know, they, they they hate Cena. It seems to come hand in hand. Like, if you're a big punk guy, then you have to hate Cena. Um, and one of the big criticisms is that Cena is corny. Cena's, uh, you know, promos are corny and cheesy and, and um, you know, shit like that. Um, but I find it interesting that, you know, lately CM Punk has been saying things like calling John Laritis, uh saying that he wears clown shoes. And, and he called them uh, Zigglefritz or some shit like that. And, and yeah, to me, I don't like, know where it came up with that. CM Punk is, is kind of coming off a, a little corny uh, lately. And, and yet, you know, he doesn't receive the same criticism as, as a John Cena would receive, um, you know, which I, I find kind of interesting because to me, I start to look at, you know, again, I think John Cena's got a lot to offer the business. And I do think CM Punk's got a lot to offer the business. However, when it comes to CM Punk gets a past and Cena gets crucified, and I think we have to, again, look at WWE creative and, and how they're letting these characters evolve as opposed to blaming the actual performers because I personally have found CM Punk fairly uninteresting since he became a face. He does He's doing nothing for me. Whenever he uses clown shoes, I, I roll my eyes. Um... You know, he's supposed to be edgy. He's all inked up, breaking the fourth wall, blah, blah, blah. We get it. You're such a rebel. You're all tattooed. You know, you say what everyone else wants, blah, you know, all that other shit. But to me, he's just become, he's a tattooed Cena. They, they he's made like one him of them now. Face. What? He's like one of them now. Everything, everything that he's against. I can see where you're coming from. I can see that. Um... I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of a heel CM Punk. I do like the little bit of edginess and the and the witty comments that he makes. I think it's gone a little too far with the stuff with Laurinaitis. I think if you move him aside from Laurinaitis and all the corny jokes that he does and uh says about him and if you you know, there it looks like they're going in the direction with him and Jericho for WrestleMania, um, I think it's gonna get a little more serious 
from CM Punk, and I think I think you'll you'll kind of get back to where he was when he started um, back in the summer with these serious, intense shoot-like promos. Um, but I, I agree I hope with so. you. It, it, it's gotten very it's gotten very you know childish with some of the things that he's had to say to to, uh, to Laurenitis and. Um, I'm surprised Vince is, you know, letting him go off and say the things that he says on on television. I mean, it's funny because it's like he's he continue, you know you can't just say you're anti-establishment. Um, you kind of have to be anti-establishment. And I, I just feel <laughs> oh, yeah. like he he's saying he's anti-establishment while be, while firmly being entrenched in the establishment. However, I will say this that I do think since the promo where Kevin Nash said, why don't you take a shower and hit the gym, physically he actually looks like he's in better shape. He's got a little more uh, size in the pectoral region. Uh, Looks like he may have hit the weights a bit. Um, So good for you, CM. Uh, But I'd like to see a little more of, uh, you know, a little edgier, whether it's going heel or just going uh, a little edgier as a face. Um, And and stop with the clown shoes and stop. Uh, to me, that's just a waste. So, I mean, that, that brings me back to the top five in the business. Um, I, I, I honestly couldn't put him in my top five. I just didn't I, – I don't know. I, I just find him really uninteresting right now, going back to, again, Tony Volpe's statement of saying, you know, who don't turn off the TV for, who won't you turn off the TV for. Um, and, look, I'm a wrestling fan, so I don't really change the channel at all. I sit through the whole thing for better or worse. Um, yeah. But I, I lately have found Punk kind of uninteresting, and I, I'm looking for him to be a little edgier. What I did find interesting is by that criteria, um, the guys that like jumped to my mind immediately when I thought, who won't you turn off the TV for? The first guy that popped into my mind was Bull Ray. Yeah. And the second guy was Bobby Roode. Which to me, when I when I thought in terms of that criteria, I was like, wow! Like my first reaction to the guys I won't change the channel for were two TNA guys, and and that uh-huh. I kind of surprised myself. Yeah, I got Bully Ray on my list because he's the you know definition of what a heel is in wrestling. He's not the cool heel that that everybody is accustomed to seeing, um, but he is, um, excuse me, hold on one second, Ken. Sure, I mean, I, I hear you, and that's kind of, actually, it's funny that you said that, because he's a true heel, and there's nothing cool about him, and and that's kind of why Daniel Bryan actually made my top five list, and we've discussed before, I was not the biggest fan of Daniel Bryan of being the world heavyweight champion, because to me, I I like to see a, a bigger, uh, you know, a heavyweight so to speak, as the heavyweight champ, but um, he's kind of a dick, and that's what you want out of your heels. I mean, he just—he's. I mean, granted, he. The funny thing is, if you take the straight edge version of CM Punk from a few years ago when he was a heel, and and kind of tweak it and just instead of straight edge, go vegan. It's the same character. Um, he's yeah. he's taken CM Punk's old character and he's you know made it his own, but it works. And he's doing well with it, and he's become a weasel of a champion that figures out a way to win uh, at any cost. Uh, doesn't care if he, you know, doesn't win straight up. 
Um, so he made my top five because, like you said, uh, you know, he's a true heel. And and over the years in wrestling, and as great as he was, I think Stone had a lot to do with uh, ruining uh, the idea of a true heel because Stone Cold was a cool heel. And heels too often skate that line of being uh, badasses but also kind of being cool. Um, and, and the problem with that is that in professional wrestling, you need your heels to be booed. You need them to be hated. That's the point. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to watch Die Hard and don't want people cheering for Hans. You know, you, you, it just doesn't make sense. You need you need your heels to be booed. And yeah. so, uh, Dan Bryan, to me, is a true heel. And like you said, uh, uh, Bubba is. And for all this talent, I think Bobby Roode has, has done a real good job at being a a true heel Champ. Um, so, I, mean, I, I like I just, Bobby Roode. I do. I do like Bobby Roode, and I like that they've put him in a position, you know, to, to in the main event scene, and he's got the belt. But I think he's his in-ring work is good. He's solid on the microphone, but he's very repetitive. Um, a lot of the same stuff he's saying over and over again about being the it factor, and you know the he leads the selfish generation in professional wrestling. I understand he's trying to come up with something that's going to fit him, but he keeps saying the same thing over again. And to me, if you're going to go by that criteria of you know change, you know who won't you change the channel for? I mean, if he's going to keep saying that every week on television, then I'm going to wait. You know, I'll change the channel and find something else on TV until he's off it. Because I'm really sick and tired of hearing the same thing from him over and over again. Yeah, so I'm kind of enjoying. <laughs> I get you. I mean, I, I hear you. He's, he can be a little repetitive, but um, you know, I'm enjoying him. Um, another guy that made, like, um, I'm looking at our list here. Michael Lancaster wrote in. He had CM Punk. He had Kurt Angle on his list, which you know, got to respect that. Uh, Austin Aries, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles uh, was his top five. Um, and we talked about AJ Styles uh, recently. Uh, to me, he's another guy who's become a, a yawn fest. Uh, love his in-ring work. I think there's a lot of talent there. Um, a guy who, to me, is in desperate need of some sort of repackaging. Um, can't argue with, you know, Austin Aries is another guy. I went back and forth. He didn't quite make my top five, but can't argue with that or Kurt Angle being in the top five. Um, but... Yeah, what do you thought? I mean, AJ Styles, to me, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of bored with the whole AJ thing. I think with the AJ thing, they've kind of tried repackaging him a number of times. Um, when uh, Ric Flair came into TNA, they brought you know Flair in as you know not only a mouthpiece for AJ, but to give AJ some form of credibility, um, even more so. Even though the core TNA audience felt that he's a, a pretty credible individual, on their roster, um, when they turned him into like a little mini nature boy, I, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't watch it. And I love watching AJ Styles in the ring. He is phenomenal when it comes to his in-ring work. But seeing him out there with a robe and feathers and doing the woo and, you know, a, 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 a poor man's Ric Flair, then I just, I, I didn't buy it. And he didn't look like he was comfortable in his own skin. And to me, as a performer, and I'm not a performer, but the only thing I can think of is if you're a performer, you got to believe that character yourself. Otherwise, the people out there that you're selling it to ain't buying it. And I don't think AJ Styles really believed that character. I think if you promoted AJ Styles more of as 
an athletically gifted wrestler. Yeah, it may be a little bland, but for the TNA audience, I, I don't think it, it 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 wouldn't be a big deal. But if you just promoted him as somewhat of an athletically gifted wrestler, where you base his gimmick on his skills in the ring alone, give him a little bit more mic work, you know, or teach him a little bit more on the microphone, I think he'll do okay for himself. I think he'll do well for himself. They've always seemed to have been back and forth on what to do with him solely on the purpose that he's been there since the first day they started. And they feel like out of respect that they got to do something with him. Anything. And uh, he's not in my top five, I'll say that. Yeah, he didn't make my top five. And it was interesting because when I got to, um, you know, and I always, you know, I, I probably thanked them like a thousand times, but thanking Busted Open, uh, Sirius XM's wrestling show, um, where they, they let me come in studio when they had Hulk Hogan in there. And, and reading between the lines, and it's interesting to just say that he never looked comfortable uh, in that character. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan made some comments about, you know, wanting to share his knowledge, uh, wanting to share, you know, how to crowds, uh, characters, things like that. And he said things like, you know, some people wanted to listen and some people chose not to listen. Um, you almost, we all got the impression that he was talking about AJ and how AJ, um, you know, just kind of wants to be what he is. He wants to be AJ, this guy who is athletic in the ring. And, you know, again, like, and, and you know, there are people who don't respect Hogan, people, you know, we're both Hulkamaniacs. Um, but to me, the most important thing in wrestling is, is telling stories, um, which Hulk Hogan was a master at. You know, it's not a sport. It's sports entertainment. It's incredibly athletic. Um, I, I just, AJ is, is, he's amazing. He is truly amazing in the ring. However, uh, to me, his storytelling is, is lacking. And there's only so many times and you kind of, you know, Morrison kind of fell into this as well. Like, you know what? You can do 73 flips off the top rope um, and, and land and then do another 16 flips over 15 guys and land on top of the Titantron into like a back roll over and then into the pin. But you know what? As spectacular as that could be, you do it every match, it's going to get old. Everything gets old if you see it over and over and over again. And in, in talking with, with uh, guys like uh, Kevin Knight, who uh, ran a wrestling school and ran the IWF independent promotion, uh, when he would talk about things, uh, you know, he would say, you know, it, it, be, it becomes sometimes almost like a gymnastics match. And, you know, when you really, when you see two guys who are supposed to hate each other, but then when they're about to go up the table, you know, they're moving stuff to make sure that it doesn't hurt them too bad. It kind of kind of kills the, the angle, uh, you know, it kills the, the momentum of the match. And, you know, I just think AJ is, is kind of um, really in desperate need of some sort of repackaging or, or reboot. Or I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to do with them right now. And you're right. He, they do hang their hat on, you know, he's been here at the beginning, and that's that's his character. Great ring, athletic as hell, been here since the beginning. And that's what they hang their hat on. Um, you know, he just, uh, I don't know, he doesn't do it for me anymore. The one guy who does do it for me, Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler oh, was in oh. my top five. And for my money, best in the business right now. Yeah. 
I, 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 would, I would agree with you 100%. From his in-ring work to his mic skills to the heat that he draws, granted he is with that heat magnet, Vicky Guerrero, but he, he is, he, he's awesome. He, he, I don't change the channel for him. And to a testament to his ability, um, the guy makes everybody look good. We've talked about it before. You and I can get in the ring with him, and the place would go nuts for us if he bumped around for us. That's so he's in my top five. Yeah, he. I mean, he's amazing. He makes everyone look good. In fact, you know, one of, and and it's funny because I know a lot of people like him, and and I, I think he's great, and, and I can be overly critical, but one of the one of the things that I, that drives me up a wall with CM Punk is his knee in the corner, because he so obviously slaps his leg when he goes into that. It drives me up a wall. It looks like he's listening to country music. The knee comes up, he slaps it really hard, and it just. Oh, it kills me. It just destroys the whole illusion. And every time he, he has that move, aside from his horrific uh, flying elbow, um, when he does that move in the corner, it really drives me up a wall. He did a match with Ziggler, and he ran into the corner, and he pulled that. And I swear to God, it looked like he was going to knock Ziggler's head off. Ziggler did such a good sell job on that knee. It was the best I had ever seen the knee look. And I was like, you know, this guy, a move that I, I have criticized a thousand times over, I, it looked amazing when he was in the ring with Ziggler, uh, and like you just in the last show we talked about it. I, I would get in the ring with Ziggler in a heartbeat because I think he would make me. I've never been in the ring. I think he'd make me look good. He makes everyone look better, and I'm looking really forward to what he's going to give us uh, in the elimination chamber because what he has that a guy like Morrison didn't have is he's got all the athletic ability in the world, and he's got the character that you're interested in. Yeah, are going he's to go. Good. We're on the phones. All right. We're going to go to the phones. Paul, are you there? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, it's Dan. Oh, hey, how are you? Over again. Good. How are you guys doing? All right. What do you got for us, I think? Um, I have a question, which really is not uh, related to the Elimination Chamber, but in your opinion, in your educated opinion... Um, no, I will not marry you, okay? <laughs> um, obviously, Murder and Ida does not be around forever. Who do that's you think right. be a good replacement for John after everything that he's doing? Do you say a replacement for John Cena? No, for John Laurinaitis. Like, John Laurinaitis. He, he's got one foot out the door. It's, at least it seems like he's got one foot out the door. Who do you think? Hey, probably at this point. point. <laughs> well, that's true. Hey, but you mean as, as that sort of character? Either like a character or like who, like any, do you think they'll bring anybody back from like the like previous wrestlers or Hall of Famers or do you think they're just going to bring in somebody completely new? to be the general manager of Raw. I heard Vince McMahon digging up Tattoo from Paradise Island out of the grave to take that slot. That's what you're wondering. Seriously, you went there? <laughs> Somebody had to. It's a good question. Um, what, what I, honestly, what, and, and they kind of, I, I was disappointed, and, and thanks for the call and the question, Dag. Um and this will lead us this great dank rules because it leads right into like talking about Monday Night Raw. And yeah. um 
what I would have liked to have seen from Raw, uh, I think, and, and all signs point to, Triple H being that next guy. Triple H being a pure uh, office guy, um, a guy who uh, you know is going to be kind of a Vince McMahon type. I was kind of hoping that he would go full on Vince McMahon heel on Raw when uh, you know he started in with "You don't understand uh, these people don't understand the pressures I have." I I was just really hoping that, you know, he was going to say something like people are, are idiots and, and I know what's best for them and just kind of really embrace that uh, front office Mr. McMahon type character. Um, because to me, I think that's when Laurinaitis is gone as a, as a character, to me, Triple H is going to be the, the next guy to step in as the, the front office evil boss asshole kind of character. Yeah, I, I I would I would tend to agree with you there. Um, you know, because he can't stay off of the uh, the, the television set. This excuse me, the television set for a, a long period of time. He's got to be involved somehow. Um, yeah, I, I, I could have seen Hunter going that direction, but obviously they went something else with that direction, and uh, that being uh, you know the the third match in the uh, the trilogy of uh, Rock and uh, or excuse me uh, Undertaker and Triple H at WrestleMania. Um, I like the segment on Monday, if that's what you know you want to segue into. Um, I thought it was pretty intense with him and Sean, and they didn't seem to bumble over their words and what they were talking about. Um, and it, it made the, it made the build towards the match different because a lot of people going into this, you know, including myself and you know, you two, Ken, we we both said we're not interested in seeing another Undertaker Triple H match because we know what the outcome is going to be. Okay, that's fine. Now we're going to eventually see this, but the build tour has actually been pretty damn good. It's more, most times you're seeing guys challenge an Undertaker because they want to find out if they can end the streak. Now it's Undertaker who's got so much pride. As a, as a as a competitor, and his streak is so important to him that he's challenging the guy that pretty much took him one of the one of the guys that took him to the limit, and he needs the match more than anything. And the build towards it, you know, he's going to do anything to get that match. And uh, I I like the build towards it. I think it's pretty fun. I I think it's and we'll see a great match at WrestleMania, no doubt. And I'd like to know what, what you guys say. If you're listening out there, you think about this, 347-838-9815 is the number. The number again is 347-838-9815. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I thought the – like, first of all, I thought Raw was horrible on Monday night, just aside from this segment. And we can get into the rest of Raw uh, in a bit. I, I, I know you kind of thought it was okay. I just thought it was terrible. I thought it was a uh, awful <laughs> – piece of wrestling programming um but it's yeah i mean it's weird with this because i i'm not looking forward to another triple h undertaker um I, I honestly think it's it's a waste and i think it's lazy writing however that's what we're going to get we know that's what we're going to get um you, you know it's almost like you, you hate broccoli um you don't want to eat broccoli. You know your mom's going to be serving you broccoli. Broccoli is coming. You you hate it with a passion. 
Um, but but you find out you're, you're going to get like ice cream for dessert. So it's like, all right, I guess I'll suffer through the broccoli uh, for the dessert. Um, I get what you're saying. It's different, but at the same time, it's like, all right, you know, last year's Triple H pursuing Taker. Triple H wanted the streak. Taker said no. Triple H said I want the match. Taker said no. Then of course they did the match and they had the match. Blah blah blah. Now this year, let's flip flop it. And Taker wants a match, but Triple H says no. And Taker wants a match, but Triple H says no. And eventually Triple H is going to say yes, and whatever, we're going to have the match. I agree with you. The match itself is going to be good. Um, I do agree with you in a sense that the setup added a little bit for me. I did, and, and to me, like, Mike not the best on the mic. He never has been. But I thought he did a decent job this week. Uh, um kind of challenging Triple H's manhood. You know, where is the game? The game jumped at this. The game would have annihilated him. Which is why, like, I, I like that. I just wish Triple H went a little more with it. Like, when he said, it's just not good for business. I was like, yeah, like, come on, like, go a little further with it. Just just be, like, the complete corporate asshole. And then he just kind of, he backtracked a bit. I mean, I was so hoping he was just going to, you know, punch out Michaels and it just, um, to me, he didn't go far enough with it, but um, yeah, it, it added a new element to what we know is going to happen. Um, again, like we know, the WWE really uh, stops short of shocking us every now, uh, you know, these days. So um, we know this is the match, and that's part of, I think, the problem uh, with the set, that there really isn't any suspense. It's just kind of all right. Can we just like Triple H just say yes already? Because we know you're going to say yes. Um, I did, yeah, you know, it. Good. No, I, I see. I see where you're going with it as far as the suspense. Um, you know, because we know he's going to say he's going to say yes. Um, I read an article on WrestleZone about um how to get to this match, and uh, I believe it was Justin Labar from WrestleZone.com that uh, that wrote this article. He had stated that um the only way that it could really intensify this angle and get people interested in the build towards this match again for Triple H and Undertaker is for Undertaker to take a hostage. And I'm not talking a physical human being of itself, but if you remember like you spoke about you know in the, in that promo, Triple H said Undertaker is a brand and it's bad for business for me to get in there and end that brand because you know, the company makes money off of that streak, and that's probably the biggest match on the WrestleMania card, aside from Rock and and John Cena this year. But if Undertaker were to come out and bring up those points to Triple H and say, you know, it's it, if it's bad for business they, they, for you to take this match, then, you know, I need this match really bad, so you're not going to get my business. I'll retire if you don't take this match. And to me, I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Coming from a guy like The Undertaker, who, you know, fears nobody and is basically the baddest motherfucker in that whole locker room, um, I thought it was a, a different side of Undertaker. If they go that route, I think that would be pretty cool to see that different side of Undertaker, especially at his age now and where they're going with his character, being that he's on his last leg and he's, you know, hanging by a thread. Um I'd like to see that. I'd personally like to see that route take place in, in heading towards WrestleMania. Um, and then, of course, you know, once Hunter says yes, then the rest is history. Then we know where the rest is going to go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, and 
You know, and I kind of I wrote a blog about this. If you want to check out my blog, uh, go to thekenreedyshow.com, where Dave actually has a, a, a guest blogger as well as Tony, uh, Pat Crowley, also a blogger. So lots of cool wrestling blogs on there. Uh, but I blogged about this subject because I do think it's intriguing that, and again, I don't doubt these guys are, you know, we're being critical of them, and that's what we do. It's a wrestling show, and you know, but preface this with I have all the respect in the world for anybody who steps into wrestling ring, and especially these two guys. I I have the utmost respect for both of them. Um, in fact, you know, injuries kind of took them down a few pegs, but there was a time for me, again, me, who will tell you till the cows come home that Hulk Hogan definitively is the best of all time, and you cannot argue me off of that point. I thought that Triple H was the guy who was going to be the best of all time. I thought he was in line to be that. Uh, to me, he had all the gifts in the world, a guy with a great look, great size, um, and yet he could he could get down and he can uh, do the technical stuff. Uh, he could sell the shit out of moves. Um, to me, Triple H was the guy. Now, again, injuries kind of sidetracked that right there. And, um, you know, he is still one of the all-time greats. However, as far as what I blogged about was as much as I think that this match in and of itself will be incredibly entertaining. Um, and I'm glad I'm going to be at the event because... Matches like that, all the matches with with Taker Streak now, um, there's no substitute for being in the arena uh, because you know it's such a lengthy streak and and really you know the first half of the streak is you could yawn at. Uh, it's really the second half of the streak where the streak became uh, something substantial. Um, but when it comes to Triple H, you know he can't win because of his personal life. Um, you know if if he loses the match, which I think everyone is anticipating that, you know, Taker's streak will continue. Um, it's, all right, so he lost again. So now he's 0-3 against The Undertaker at WrestleMania, um, which, again, entertaining match. I'm sure it will be, but yawn as far as the results. Um, if he were to win and end the streak, most wrestling fans would probably look at it as, well, yeah, you're banging the boss's daughter, and you need one more feather in your cap, and you're running things now, so you put ending Taker's streak on your resume. You scripted that for yourself. Whether it's right or wrong, for all we know, Undertaker could be behind the scenes right now saying to Vince McMahon, I want Taker, I want, I want Triple H to end my streak. I want to give this to him. We'll never know that. But perception will be, you're banging the boss's daughter, now you got to end the streak. So if Triple H wins, he still kind of loses in the eyes of wrestling fans. Oh, absolutely. It'll be all over the internet. Every every mark, every wrestling fan will be all over him and on the message boards and tweeting and all that good stuff about the, the if he were to end that streak. Um like you said, you know, he, he lose if he ends a streak on it's another feather in his cap. I personally think and this is just, you know, this is this is kind of a a big leap for me to say this, but I would not be surprised if somehow they incorporated a you know a, a career you know stipulation with Triple H, 
um, where Triple H basically forces, you know, all right, uh, he, he, he's forced to take the match, but he's almost kind of thinking how we are thinking that, you know, it's bad for business to end this streak, and um, it's, it's, it, he'd be forced, he'd say to himself or even say to the audience, you know, I, I couldn't do it a third time. It's time for me to walk away. And 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 do what you know I'm groomed to be, and that's run this whole run this whole circus. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm I'm torn with that, but I mean I I have a personal feeling that if Triple H doesn't end this streak, and I don't think he will, I think it's I think it'd be a good time as any. He goes out in a blaze of glory, in a blaze of glory, losing to the most respected man in the entire company. That it's over. It's all over for him after that. He, what else is he going to do? What, what other, what other, what other, you know, accomplishments is he going to have to 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 put in his, uh, you know, resume other than the streak? If he can't do it a third time, walk away. Uh, agreed. I mean, I mean, where do you go with with that? You know, and you know, again, I thought the setup was cool last year. You know, the two last veterans of a forgotten age and. Uh, you know that that whole gimmick, and and I thought that worked, and and it, it was cool. Like, you know, Trish kind of put it out there. This is the last thing he has to accomplish. Um, you're right. Like a third time. I mean, what else? You know, what else is there for for Triple H? And, and you know, he's done everything. Um, I, I don't know. And again, I, I do preface all this by saying I do think they're going to put on a hell of a match. Anyway, um, it's just storyline-wise, uh, you know, what are they going to do? And the other thing also, after WrestleMania, uh, what happens then? I mean, does Taker take another year off? Um, you know, does he come back? Does he wrestle anywhere close to a regular schedule? Um, does he just come out on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania and say after that, I'm hanging up because um, reports are all over the Internet that they're really banged up um, and... You know, as much as the injury and being carted off was a work to a certain extent last year, I think he's pretty banged up. Um, and you hear he's got shoulder issues. Um, the guy, you know, he doesn't, you know, he he's not going to not give 100%. He puts himself, like, through the ringer every match. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know, like, where they go after that. Uh, to me, the story on his lack. Uh, you know, it should be uh, a killer match um, yeah. going into WrestleMania. Uh, which leads me to the next question. We're talking about the road to WrestleMania. Um, you know, what does, since we're talking pay-per-view, we're talking Elimination Chamber, we're talking John Cena not in Elimination Chamber match, but will be wrestling Kane, uh, who wants him to embrace the hate. Uh, yeah. What does this do, since we are firmly entrenched in the road to WrestleMania, does this do anything to further Rock versus Cena? I'm, I'm torn with that, Ken. Another, another, um, I don't know. I really don't know where they're going with this. It's, it's very confusing. You know, Kane wants Cena to embrace this hate, and he's kind of leaving him, you know, he's, he's kind of, uh, you know, putting him in positions where, you know, People are going to hate him even more. I mean, it's, they're trying to drive him to the point, you know, the the, the brink of where he snaps. Um, maybe that takes place at this ambulance match tonight. Um, 
or you know the whole thing with Zack Ryder and Eve with the you know the the dramatic action movie sequence leap out of the back of the ambulance into the arms of John Cena and then the the you know dramatic you know two tongue tango that the two of them had in front of uh, Zack Ryder um, will you know will that be Cena's you know will that ignite Cena to you know eventually go in guns blazing into WrestleMania telling the audience, fuck you, I don't care what you think anymore. You know, you people, you know, I did so much for you. I don't think it's going to go that well. I think this is just, I think this is just a holding pattern until they get to, you know, you know, Miami with John Cena and The Rock. I, I, the people are still going to boom. I don't see what, you know, I, I don't see where they're going with this. I mean, it's funny also because they're doing these, all these like vignettes. Uh, you know, these videos where, you know, they had John Cena and, and fans saying, you know, I respect John Cena, I hate John Cena, he's phony, I love him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have all these uh, videos, uh, you know, with uh, The Rock. And, and you know, and it's funny because, and there's no way The Rock gets booed at WrestleMania. Um, but there's a, you know, there's there's a, I find his videos like a little bit disingenuous. Like I, I just, I don't know. Like the videos to me are like, you no, know, look at how great I am. Like I, I honestly find myself watching the videos hating The Rock a, a little bit more every time I watch it. You know, he's he's on the red carpet. He's smiling for the camera. He's he's patting himself on the back. I, you know, it's it's weird because I find myself and and not a Cena hater, but I have found myself kind of getting more and more behind Cena. Every time I uh, watch these, these videos, and uh, just to interject right now, we're privileged uh, from Busted Open fame. We have Dave LaGreca, who has actually jumped in the studio and going to be uh, talking some wrestling with us. So, you know, of course, it's a wrestling show, so we're talking about uh, John Cena. Yeah, I literally jumped in. You did. By the way, which is an amazing studio. Thank you. It's, it's more like a uh, wrestling that's that's what I was going for. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, it, it's funny that I walked in talking about rock because I was I was thinking the same thing. I actually had a discussion with President Kim uh, earlier today. You know, The Rock's been keeping crazy stuff at Cena, yeah. and you know, and some of it's gotten really personal, and it's amazing in the way that I don't know if it's The Rock. Or if it's the WWE telling to make it a little more personal, so, so there is a little angst. Seems to be getting really personal, and Cena's not. So I thought going into WrestleMania that they're going to push for Cena, you know, to be the heel in this situation, and The Rock being the face being seems to be the other way around. And I find myself like. Kind of cheering for John Cena. Yeah, I just, I mean, you're right. The, the, the tweets that are put, and it's interesting because, you know, it's been discussed can they, is it possible for wrestling to facilitate a storyline purely on social media and not on television? And it's not purely, but The Rock is nowhere to be seen on TV. Yeah. So essentially, everything going to WrestleMania so far, for the most part, has been facilitated on social media. And you're right, like, you know, Cena kind of responds, but 
Dwayne has been biting with his, his his tweets. He's been very insulting. Um, you know, and I know that seeing his lady part is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And and like we we're just talking about all the videos. I to me, like I look at the two of them, and I look at John Cena, professional wrestler, and I look at Rock Hollywood wannabe. That's what the videos are, are showing me. Yeah. So maybe. Possible, which is the latest tweet by The Rock was, um, you know, John Cena may not be a girl, Lady Pink. And it's like, wow, I, you know, you wouldn't see that coming from someone like The Rock. You know, John Cena, for the most part, is taking the high road. You know, you talk about him, the actor. But, you know, he is playing that role, and and like you said, it's totally social network. It hasn't been on television. haven't appeared on TV. That's probably going to change. For right now, it's all via Twitter. And I don't think it's really working in the way that they hope that. Seems like the WWE takes a lot of pride in Facebook and their Twitter, but you know, is that really working? Can you have a few go on Twitter? Not on Twitter. And, and headline WrestleMania. Yeah, and then headline WrestleMania. Now I think WrestleMania takes an even bigger hit where it looks like it's going to be Cena and The Rock at MetLife Stadium for WrestleMania 29. I mean, if you if you go by what was spoken at the press conference, I think it's going to be Rock on Cena next year. And if that's the case, you are you excited about this WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean to me, uh, and, and chime in. I'm, I guess I'll call you guys by your last names. I got two days on. on oh, those. sorry, I didn't even know you had somebody. Rosenbluth. Um, I'm actually having a hard time here in Lagreca at the moment. I don't know if maybe if it's my phone or if uh, the, there's some technical difficulties in the studios, but he's kind of come. He's kind of fading in and out. Okay, I'll, I'll work on that. I mean, I can I can hear him through my phone, so it might be your phone. Okay, it could be any. <laughs> We'll go with these two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny that you said because yeah, to me, like once you, you kind of heard that that press conference, um, it almost looked like that, that perhaps it, it's going to be some sort of either trilogy or or rematch. So this year's WrestleMania is the first chapter, so to speak. So you know, if they went like trilogy, I mean, maybe they would do like Rock Cena. This year's WrestleMania, Rock Cena, the rematch at SummerSlam, and then next year's WrestleMania is, you know, each guy won one, so now that's the big one as far as, you know, breaking the tie in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's just purely speculating, but you're right. Like, it, it kind of takes a shot at this year's WrestleMania because whatever happens, this is only the first chapter. Well, also, too, is what's the storyline between Rock and John Cena right now? It looked like. You were saying where John Cena, no matter what he's doing, whether it's a rap album, a DVD, or a movie, he's always in the ring, where The Rock is never even appearing on Raw in front of the TV. So it would seem like that icon versus icon, but that kind of went off the board. And right now, I mean, what is the storyline going into the main event at WrestleMania? I think that's the problem with announcing the main event. 
so far in advance is that you're forced to build a storyline, and there just hasn't been a, a natural storyline between the two. The funny thing is the storyline was, was hotter a year ago. Yeah, it was hot. Going, going into last year's WrestleMania, the, the friction between Cena and Rock, hotter than it is now when they're actually going to wrestle. It, it was hotter in April and May 2010 than it is in 2011. Oh, if I could, if I could interject nice. for a moment. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, going into last year's WrestleMania, everyone was excited, all three of us included, that The Rock was going to be making an appearance. And, of course, um, Vince McMahon does not fly without a parachute. And he took a big leap with um, putting The Rock out there, and especially having The Rock talk trash and make it known he was going to get physical. And once you saw the, the end result of the physicality after last year's WrestleMania, it wasn't a question of if, but when him and John Cena were going to get together and, and, and have a match, especially at a WrestleMania. And I think Vince, go, I think, personally, I think WWE management is fine with the way this whole build is. I'm okay with it. I'm not too thrilled with some parts of it, the whole t- social media and the tweeting, especially with kids. You don't find too many seven and eight year olds who are John Cena fans that have a Twitter account, okay? So I think that the, I think the Twitter world has kind of backfired to the John Cena audience. Um, but Vince McMahon, I think, knew going into this, especially announcing it a year in advance, that the Rock, this is the Rock schedule. This is what it's going to be. We're going to take him whenever we can. But we sold out the travel package in three days. Ticket sales for the stadium have gone up, and the potential for pay-per-view buy rates is going to at least exceed the one million, you know, pay-per-view buys. I think they're okay with it. I think that the Vince McMahon and Austin were sitting back and they're just waiting for that money to come in. I don't think that they have a, a real, uh, you know, uh, issue with it like like some of us do. And with two big names like John Cena and The Rock from two different eras. I understand your point, Dave, where, where's the storyline in it. But at the same time, I also think that two big names like that, they don't need a storyline. They're two big names enough that people just can't wait to see them get in the ring and go at it. Well, I, I agree with you, but this is where I'll throw something in where Survivor Series, I think they lost a lot of steam with Survivor Series. I think it was a mistake having The Rock appear at Survivor Series. With John I agree absolutely with you. You know, I think that kind of killed the steam. And, and Dave, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Those two names in the ring alone should sell out WrestleMania. But really, they sold like 40,000, 45,000 tickets like that. And then it's kind of sold at around 60-something thousand. And it's kind of been there for about the last four or five months. They really haven't had that real quick rise that I thought they were going to get. Now, they may, that may happen over the next few weeks. And I think once we get the rock bat on TV, that will happen. But this John Cena-Kane storyline, Dave, i got to ask you, because if you have an answer for me, or Ken, if you answer for me, I'd love to hear it. What does this storyline with Kane have anything to do with what we're going to see at WrestleMania? It doesn't look like it, in my opinion, that's going to have anything to do with it. I mean, to me, you kind of looked at it initially, and maybe you're seeing, all right, they're they're heading towards a Cena heel turn, but that to me, that's not going to happen. Um, initially, when it started with Kane, like, yeah, maybe they're going to use this Kane thing, so he'll turn heel into WrestleMania, so he'll definitely be the the you know badass heel John Cena going into WrestleMania. But to me. 
that's not going to happen. I'd be shocked if that happens. So you're right. At this point, I see no point in this storyline with Kane. Um, you know, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, the interesting thing about, like, when you brought up Survivor Series is I thought if you really want to facilitate this, and I do think it stalled a bit there, um, I, to me, Cena should have had the upper hand to give it some sort of, like, Rock screwed Cena at WrestleMania, Rock went over Cena at WrestleMania. Why not, like, at Survivor Series, have, you know, Cena be the one that grabs Rock, puts him in the uh, AA, and puts him down and walks out of the ring? Um, it just, make, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, we get it. In fact, like, when he gave him the rock bottom, it looked like Cena actually was like, I'm going to turn my back now so you can give me the rock bottom. I mean, it looked so contrived uh, when he gave him the rock bottom. So, I mean, it, like, any rivalry, like, each side has to get the upper hand at some point. You know, a rivalry is not, you know, it's like people used to say years ago with, with the Yankees and the Red Sox, like Yankee fans, it's not a rivalry because we always win. You know, and, and that's kind of like, well, The Rock is always going over on Cena. Well, then how how is this really, how are you selling this rivalry? Uh, to me, like if Cena got the upper hand on The Rock at the end of Survivor Series, number one, if they were thinking about turning him heel, he would have gotten booed out of Garden um, if he went over on, on Rock there. And it would have kind of given it a little bit of juice. The, the real big problem now that you look at is the storyline kind of stalled with Survivor Series. This Kane thing is, is kind of weird. Now you're looking at a, a quote-unquote storyline where they are banging on the match. And you've got a John Cena who, let's face, is not the greatest in the ring. And you've got a guy like The Rock who's got one tag match under his belt over the past how many years. And you're banking on all this shit is going to come to fruition and it's going to deliver in the match, and and that's a lot to to expect out of these two guys to give you a four star match at WrestleMania, especially if this is what we're going to get out of The Rock as far as his scheduling goes. He's got other movies coming out, and if we're going to look at a trilogy or at at best if they rematch next year's WrestleMania, um, I mean if this is a subpar match at, at this year's WrestleMania, I mean what do we have to look forward to? That's a great point. And think of this, the second biggest match on the card, most people think is the biggest match, is going to be The Undertaker and Triple H. The Undertaker has not wrestled since last year's WrestleMania. And what, Triple H has only wrestled three or four times during the course of the year. So your two biggest matches, you know, three of the guys haven't wrestled in the last 12 months. I mean, that's a major, major problem. And Dave, I, I, I think you would agree, is if this is a flop at, main, at, at the main event at WrestleMania, what do you do moving forward? Um. Yeah, I mean, well, regarding the fact that it. Rock hasn't. <laughs> no, I know. Regarding regarding the fact that the Rock hasn't competed, you know, with the exception of that tag match, and then you know, seven years prior he had a match. From what I've read, Rock's been getting guys down in uh, you know every movie he shoots, he's got a ring on the set with him, and uh, getting guys down there to get his in ring work um, polished up for the match. Um, as far as Triple H and Undertaker goes, I mean, Taker didn't wrestle for quite a while before last year, and they had a pretty damn good match. Granted, it was, you know, a no-holds-barred match. Um, where do we go from here, um, or at least after WrestleMania? Um, well, The Rock goes off and makes movies and, you know, bring it to get satellite every once in a while and 
maybe they'll touch upon John Cena and Zack Ryder, or maybe they'll go back to John Cena and Kane. I mean, who knows? Um, I really can't think that too far, uh, too far ahead in, in those terms, um, and especially with Triple H and Undertaker. You know, Ken and I just mentioned before you came into the studio, what does Undertaker do after this? Does he take another year off to go for next year's WrestleMania? Is he going to work a couple times this year, get a semi-big uh, schedule? I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. They're banking on the name value of the matches alone to, 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 sell, the, to sell the show. And, um, but I don't, I don't have a doubt in my mind that the in-ring work is going to be horrible. I don't think it's going to be up to wrestling purist standards, per se, um, come April 1st in Miami. That's kind of like kind of what I'm getting at. That you know, if the storyline was like if The Rock was on T a little bit more, the storyline was a little more facilitated. Uh, we had the Rock to look forward to, like after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Then, then you know, all right, if it's a subpar match, you know, maybe wrestling fans are a little more forgiving because everything else surrounding it has been so good. That, that's kind of what I'm looking at the problem with this match is that it's all about the match because they haven't done enough. Uh, the Rock hasn't been on TV, so it has to be a good match. And if they shit the bed on, on this match, you know, it really could put a, a risk in the works for, you know, next year's WrestleMania, if not, you know, other pay-per-views going forward this year. Well, the match that you talked about, Dave mentioned about wrestling purists, you know, that's going to be Chris Jericho and CM Punk. Like, that match will give the purest wrestling fan. That will be coming out of WrestleMania. That's what we're going to call the match of the night, most likely be uh, Punk and Jericho. Uh, as far as The Undertaker, and Dave, you're going to kill me on this, and Ken, I'm, unfortunately, I'm face-to-face with you, so you're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you may possibly kill me. Is that I think would be a great storyline coming out of WrestleMania and especially for Triple H's character moving forward, if he's going to take that Vince McMahon role, would be Triple H screwing The Undertaker at this year's WrestleMania. I think, you know, everyone's saying that the streak is is, is secure and they're going to need that streak and why have it end because you're going to need that and they're going to make it look like the biggest streak in sports. But you're going to need somebody to fill the Vince McMahon role, right? You need somebody mm-hmm. to fill that Vince McMahon role. Vince McMahon is... You know, you haven't seen him on TV. I mean, he's basically out there. You don't see him anymore on WWE programming. I think Triple H is going to take that role moving yeah. forward. I'm talking Triple H is going to be the man for the next 20 years. What better way to have him take that role, kind of like what Vince McMahon did with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, have something that Triple H screws The Undertaker out of that streak, and then you have him play that bad boss role moving forward. It would definitely get people talking. I'll say that. It'll definitely get people talking. It'll turn a lot of heads and it'll be something that nobody will have will have seen coming. Um, but I gotta go with my gut and disagree with you on the point that, you know, that, that streak makes money and once you end it, you know, that should be the end of The Undertaker. And I don't think The Undertaker's done just yet. How, how long do you think The Undertaker realistically has? My prediction, I figure till WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30 will be his send-off. And we've talked about where WrestleMania 30, you know, we've mentioned, you know, WrestleMania 30 
might not be in the garden. I've heard that it's not, but a lot of can't, a lot of places have been talked about are Indianapolis, New Orleans, St. Louis, Toronto. But a new name that just popped up late, earlier this week was Los Angeles. Los Angeles is going to be coming up with a new stadium, and Los Angeles is the birthplace of the first Undertaker WrestleMania match against Jimmy Snuka. What a way for him to end the match, end the streak, end his career where he started at WrestleMania per se. Yeah, that was, that's, that's I mean, I spoke with uh, Jimmy Hart on Friday, and he said, yeah, there's, there's no shot of WrestleMania being at the Garden no shot. Uh, for WrestleMania 30. I, I, I'm shocked by that, though, because to me, you know, WrestleMania 1, 10, 20, uh, you would think that I know they're probably going to lose some money, and I know... They've been doing stadiums, but I think that should be a tradition that every 10 years they have it at Madison Square Garden where it started the flagship of the WWE's Madison Square Garden. But by them having it at MetLife Stadium next year, I think that killed it completely. And then having, you know, WrestleMania April 7th at MetLife Stadium, I mean, you could have a snowstorm. Yes. I mean, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not likely, but it's happened. I mean... It's not going to be warm by any stretch of the imagination on April 7th at MetLife Stadium. I mean, you know, that could kill ticket sales right there. I mean, yeah, New Yorkers are used to that kind of weather. But, you know, a lot of people who go to WrestleMania, and Ken, who goes to every WrestleMania by foot, I mean, you, 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 know, you know, a lot of people are not going to want to travel to New York City and stay outside in the stadium to see wrestling. I'm sorry. I, I think that could take a hit. It's a good point because... You know, last year, to be honest, we actually toyed with we've, we've gone to everyone since twenty five, um, and we we were like, you know what, maybe next year we we take a break. We don't need to go to WrestleMania. And as soon as it was announced, it was in Miami. Like, screw it, we have to go. Yeah, it's, it's Miami. Miami. Um, it's a good point because you know how many people want to travel to New York in early April. Uh, when we went to WrestleMania twenty five, I didn't meet. One person from Texas. It was in Houston. I did not talk to one person from Texas. I hung out with people from New Zealand. Um, I hung out with people who were from the Dakotas. Not one person did I meet from Texas. So it, it it's definitely an international kind of event. It's an event that people uh, enjoy traveling to, enjoy making it, you know, their vacation spot. Uh, for some people, it becomes a pilgrimage uh, to a certain extent, I mean, some people we've met, it was like we saved up, when we went to 25, like we saved up all year so we can, you know, have this vacation. Um, yeah, how many people want to travel to uh, New York in early April? And getting back to just wrestling, if Rock and Cena shit the bed and they're banking on next year's WrestleMania, you know, it could really hurt sale outdoor stadium cold weather. It will be warmer than it was during the XFL season, though. It definitely will be warmer than it was then. It's freezing myself going to a New York, New Jersey Hitmen game, because I actually was one of the few idiots that went to one of those games. Now that's a true Vince McMahon fan right there. I'm a mark. Uh, but you, you bring up a good point with um, Triple H. If they really want to go full on into this Mr. Helmsley character, um, I'll get some serious heat if he screwed Taker. I mean, that would be, I mean, that'd be all over the place. He'd be, he'd be a true heel in a sense that he wouldn't be a cool heel. He'd be booed. Yeah. 
But that's probably what they want. And, and listen, you know, whether Triple H believes it or not, because Triple H thinks he's a lot better than what he really is. Yes. Um, he would play that heel character much better than the face. I mean, he's got the ego. He, he buries the roster on a regular basis. He did it again last Monday. Um, I think he would play that heel role extremely well in that company kind of tools the, with the with the suit and everything else. And to me, the streak isn't as important moving forward as it is, you know, building up Triple H to play that heel corporate guy because you know what's the streak going to mean once the Undertaker retires? The streak really isn't going to mean a hell of a lot. What a couple of DVD releases once in a while you think back at it on WWE classics or on the network. But they build Triple H's character. That's going to move mountains moving forward. Yeah, and Rosenbluth, I mean, you have a good point. And, and I think the biggest question with, with all this really is, what it what is Undertaker's health situation? What what can and can't he do? Because, again, like LaGreca is saying, to say that like Undertaker is at a point health-wise where I got one more man in me, and I'm done. I am done. I mean, he's been out for a year. Uh, we haven't really seen him. You know, now he's back. He wants his match. He's he's cutting his hair, which is a big deal, um, I guess. So, uh, you know, what if he's in, like, I can't do it anymore? So what better way, um, you know, to to kind of use it as to kind of take that next step into the next generation and, and totally put Triple H over as the, uh, the next Mr. McMahon. I mean, that's that would make sense. I mean, I, Rosenbluth is right. He streak is marketable, and over the past few years, that has been probably the most marketable part of WrestleMania consistently. Yeah. But if he's at a point where he can't go anymore. Well then, this that would make perfect sense to to put Triple H over as the next Mr. McMahon. I wonder if he'll get the walk down. The oh, Mr. McMahon walk, you think? He should just get spit in the water instead of stealing Vince's thunder with the walk. All right. <laughs> well, Triple H will have his own. Hey, listen, who knows where that character is going to go? But we, I think we all believe that you know Triple H. We're not seeing much in the ring from Triple H moving forward after WrestleMania. We didn't see much from him in 2011, so I don't think we're going to see much from Triple H in 2012. He's going to be that corporate, he's going to play that corporate role. He's going to fill that void that Vince McMahon, and, and there's been a void once Vince McMahon's been off the VIP. They need to fill it, and I think Triple H is a perfect guy, but he's got to embrace that role. I mean, Triple H is trying to play both sides of the fence. Yeah. He still wants to be that face to the fans, but yet, you know, there is a part of Triple H that's it's very hateful. And, you know, he really does think that he's much better than what he really is. Is Triple H a Hall of Famer? Is he a legend? Yes. Is he one of the greatest of all times? Hell no. I'm not going to put Triple H in my top ten, but he, he truly believes that I think he is. And he's not. And I think he could, he could use that, can embrace that in that kind of role and fill that void that Vince McMahon is. Yeah, we, we talked about it earlier, you know, and I, I blogged about, you know, that, that Triple H, you know, the fact he's banging the boss's daughter. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, he is. He is. <laughs> and uh, successfully, because they're reproducing. Um, but use that. Exactly. And, Shawn, and Shawn Michaels hinted at that in what I thought was the only thing good about, you know, Monday Night Raw from last week. Uh, but Shawn Michaels hinted on that and, 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 and said it and, you know, use that. 
Hey, use the fact that you married the boss's daughter. You know, uh, you know that he got over on everybody, and because kind of in a way he did. You know, and and you know where would Triple H be without Stephanie and McMahon? And maybe we're going to see Stephanie McMahon before it's all said and done. I mean, we've seen a couple of glimpses of her over the last couple of months. Maybe we will see Stephanie McMahon in a role on TV. Well, how great would it be? I, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. I, uh, you know, I like, like, like I said, David, would turn heads if they went that role with Triple H. You know, screwing Undertaker, really cementing that Mr. McMahon-like role. I, I, I do agree with you there that it, that it, it, it would definitely work. I think also at the same time, I think using what Shawn Michaels said about marrying the boss's daughter and, you know, Hunter coming out and saying, this is all going to be mine someday. I think he can use that on merit alone to garner the heat to be that heel authority figure. And he can come out on TV and say, yeah, you're right. I married Stephanie McMahon, not because I love her, but because I love this business and, I, and I'm going to take it over and I'm going to reinvent and change this business and do things that my father-in-law could never do. And, you know, you could really, really, really get people to, you know, to, 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 to turn against him, and and you'll finally see the not the true colors per se, but what the people on the internet talk about it on a daily basis about how Triple H holds talent back. You can almost kind of like you know break kayfabe and maybe shoot a little bit, you know, kind of like what CM Punk was doing last year. I mean, I think that I think they I think that would work alone, other than the idea that you brought up about screwing Taker and uh, breaking the streak. I agree, David. It would work, but if he did screw Taker and did end the streak, then he would be hated by everybody. Yeah. Like, he would oh. be hated by every single wrestler. And again, yeah. like I said, depending on where Taker's health is, I mean, if he can't go, you know, if, if the streak is not to be marketed anymore, well, why not use this to put over, you know, the, the, the next generation, the next uh, Mr. McMahon? And you know, when Mr. McMahon was hot, you know, he was that guy that, you know, you could put anybody against him. I mean, any one of the three of us stepped into the ring and said, I hate Mr. McMahon, we would have gotten the hugest pop in the arena. It's just, he was so good at it. And to me, like, John Laronitis has become kind of a cut-rate Mr. McMahon. Uh, on some levels, I feel like they're trying to, you know, CM Punk and Laronitis um, has been kind of a cut-rate Austin McMahon kind of thing is not even close to as good. And, uh, you know, someone like Triple H, who I've always thought has a tremendous gift for the psychology of a heel, um, you know, fulfilling that Mr. McMahon role would be great for him. Which leads me to, like, this pay-per-view. Um, let's go to the Raw Elimination Chamber with Arnitis, um and CM Punk. Uh, to me, that rivalry right there, uh, I look at that as... At some point, Laurinaitis has to really definitively screw Punk. So I'm looking at Punk to lose the title tonight and Laurinaitis to have something to do with it. I think uh, I think Punk definitely loses the title tonight. I think Jericho comes out with the title. Um, you know, if you look at Elimination Chamber, it's funny. When you think of the big pay-per-views for the WWE, you know, Survivor Series is thrown out there, SummerSlam, of course, WrestleMania is number one. But, you know, to me, this pay-per-view is huge. I mean, something always happens at Elimination Chamber to kind of further whatever storyline is going, moving forward to WrestleMania. And, you know, we noticed... Oh, yeah, that I Survivor agree Series, with you more, Dave. Yeah, Survivor Series it, it really fell flat. 
SummerSlam kind of fell flat. I really think that on paper this looks terrible, this pay-per-view, but I think we're going to get something. I think we're going to get a big return. All right, These are two things I think are going to happen. I think we're going to get a big return tonight, and I think something towards one of the storylines is going to come up huge. And I think all three of us are going to be very excited coming uh, come 10.50 tonight. What were you going to say, Rose? I was, I, said, I, was, I couldn't agree with Dave more as far as um, the, uh, the, the, big, the, the big surprises and returns and the fact that the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is huge. Let me just go back to about three years ago um, with a little Elimination Chamber history. Edge was in the SmackDown Elimination Chamber defending the WWE Championship, and he was one of the uh, first entrants in, and he got pinned by Jeff Hardy, and it shocked everybody. That guaranteed a new champion in that match. And then eventually Triple H, and we go back to Triple H again. He won the WWE Championship at the end of that at the end of that chamber match. Fast forward to later on in the evening, it was the Raw Chamber match. John Cena was defending the World Heavyweight Title against Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Kane, Mike Knox, and Kofi Kingston. And when Kofi made his entrance, he didn't even set foot in the chamber, and Edge attacked him and snuck into the chamber. Nobody saw that coming. And Edge is the only wrestler in WWE history to to compete in two elimination chambers in one evening, walking into one chamber with a championship and leaving with a different world heavyweight title. So, Dave, I couldn't agree with you. It definitely changed the landscape of that year's WrestleMania because a lot of people thought that it was going to be Edge and Triple H and John Cena and Randy Orton as the two respective title matches. And to me, at first, I thought that was pretty bland. But when Edge walked in that walked out of that chamber with the world title and basically shocked everybody, that really got the excitement going heading towards WrestleMania. So I agree with you. I think something big is going to happen tonight to really either change the landscape of what WrestleMania is going to be or it's going to push whatever we're seeing even further towards WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a big shakeup tonight. And, you know, right now we talk about, and it happens in cycles, where you're really juiced and then, then it's stale and it's bland. And I think right now, even though we're on that road to WrestleMania, it's stale. It's I, a stale road right now. It really is. And, but it, it changes tonight. That's why I eliminate And Dave's so right. It's eliminate, and you look at the past. Just look at the history of Elimination Chamber. First of all, it's a great match. I love yeah, the Elimination Chamber match. And and I think we're going to get something big tonight. You know, already we know that, you know, the Laurinaitis is going to make a, a big announcement tonight. We don't know what that's going to be. And then, you know, Sheamus is going to make his choice tonight. And I, I think it's obvious, but maybe it's not obvious. You got the whole Randy Orton, you know, there's there's uh, rumors about Christian. Um I, I think there's gonna be something huge tonight. I'm telling you, we're gonna be juice going I, I can't wait for Bust to open. Not to take juice away from the Ken Reedy show, which I love. <laughs> but Thank you. you know I, but I am juiced for Busted Open because I think there's gonna be a lot to talk about. What do you think so so Rosenbluth, what who do you think gonna win the role? The Raw Chamber match, um I'm going with Jericho. I think Jericho. I think what's going to happen is Punk is going to start out first in the chamber, and he's going to endure you know just about everybody in that chamber, and it's going to come down to Jericho just walking in, and with Punk out, Punk eliminates the last guy. Jericho's the last entrant. Code breaker. End the match. He walks out with the title without breaking a sweat, and that sets you know in motion their match at WrestleMania, and then I think they're going to do a CM Punk. Chris Jericho trilogy over the next three pay-per-views because Extreme Rules is in Chicago. And what a better way to have 
CM Punk in Chicago in the WWE Championship title picture with Chris Jericho. I, I, you know what, Punk needs some, some juice, because I think CM Punk has been extremely sad. I agree. Over the, you know, I, I, they really need to do something to kind of get him going, because, you know, right now, there's nothing really exciting. Daniel Bryan, and I think Daniel Bryan, and we haven't gotten to SmackDown yet, but he's the one saving grace right now going towards WrestleMania. I mean, everything else, to me, seems to be really, really sad. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, you know, to me, they, they've turned, uh, they've turned, uh, and thanks, Lecker, uh, for sitting in. He's going to have to take a step out. Yeah, but I have, to, for I have for to attend to some things outside the studio. But Dave, it's always good talking to you, buddy. Same here, my man. <laughs> um, I, I got to agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they've turned CM Punk into, like, tattooed Cena. Uh, we talked about it before. I mean, he is stale. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb with the Monday Night Raw Elimination Chamber match. And I think, and I'm going to say right now, I don't know if he's actually going to have the title going into WrestleMania. Something else might happen. But I am predicting that Dolph Ziggler will walk out of the Elimination Chamber with the strap tonight. Interesting pick. I, I like that pick. I like that pick. Interesting. I just think that right now, you do, I mean, it would add some juice. I don't think you need the strap for Jericho Punk. Um, I think it's unnecessary. They can build a rivalry without it. Um, you know, maybe they both each other in this match. Um, I, I, I do think, as far as, like, likelihood of people winning, I, I do put Punk down because I, I think he's he's got to lose the belt tonight. Uh, they've done a lot um, with him and Laurinaitis, and Laurinaitis is not, like I've said, he had definitively, really and truly screwed Punk over. Um, and we need that, as Pat Crowley said in um, his uh, blog about Cena, um, our, our faces in wrestling, there always needs to be a sense of loss. That's why we root for our faces, because there has to be a sense of loss. Um, and with that rivalry right now, there's no sense of loss with, with Punk. I mean, Lauren has been annoying. Uh, it's kind of been a thorn in his side. There's not that sense of loss. He needs to get screwed out of the title um, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think we'd probably all be in agreement that there's no way that Kofi Kingston's walking out with the title. No. <laughs> I think the odds are against him. And, and I'm thinking that, you know, this is horrible. And Black History Month, and I'm thinking there's no way our truth or Kofi Kingston walks out with the title. And it's horrible. That's like, there's no way those two get the title tonight. Well, you, you want me to make it even worse? We've talked about this announcement from Lauren Itis that's going to be a quote-unquote game changer. The rumor I'm here is that apparently – since he is the executive vice president of talent relations, along with being the interim general manager of Monday Night Raw, there's a possibility that he might fire Teddy Long and take over SmackDown. So there you got three black guys that are getting boned in the middle of Black History Month on pay-per-view. Uh, wrestling, the, the last vestige of racism. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wonder who our friend is. 347 we got a little less than 10 minutes left. Uh, talking about the pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting back to the guys in the match, I do think that the, those two, there's no chance that uh, 
our truth or um uh Kofi walk out with the belt. Uh, I do think there is a slim possibility. I would hate it, but it, it is slim that uh we could see the Miz uh, winning the title. Uh I hope oh. not. I, I really hope I'd rather I'd rather pass a kidney stone than win the set again. <laughs> it doesn't like it hurts. I mean you know, the funny thing, and I know the people I hate, I think The Miz sucks. And it's not on a, you know, you're a heel, you suck. Like, as a, you need to get out of the business, you suck. Um, the one thing that really hurt me, hurts me with The Miz, is when you talk to non-wrestling fans. Because when he had the belt, and I would talk to friends of mine that were not wrestling fans, and they would ask questions, and I'm like, so who's the champ? Who's the best in the business right now? And I would say The Miz. Like, who? The Miz. You probably saw him on The Real World. Like, oh, that that guy who's a wrestling fan? Yeah. That little guy? Yeah. He's the (laughs) champ? Yeah. Really? He's the champ? Yeah. And to me, it discredited the whole sport. I mean, when I would tell non-wrestling fans that that guy was holding a championship belt. It just was kind of, uh, not to quote Miz, but really, really, really. Oh, boy. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I just, I don't want to see that again. I do not want to see him with the belt. I mean, because the thing is, you do think that if he walks, if the Miz walks away with the belt tonight, there's a real good shot that he's going to keep it till WrestleMania, and that's the last thing in the world uh, we need him at WrestleMania again. Um the strap. Uh, I think he's proved time and time again that he's he's a mid card at best. He's not he is not a main eventer. Um, and and I, I'll never I'll ne- I don't think you'll ever change my mind. He's he's just not. Some guys look. I would be the first to say, and this will lead us right into the SmackDown one. I'll be the first to admit that I looked at a guy like Daniel Bryan and I said this guy is nothing above a mid-carder. There's no way he's a headliner. And you know what? To me, the guy's proved me wrong. Um, he's been a bit of a weasel. Uh, he's, he, I, I think he's just yet to win a defense cleanly. Um, but it's working as a character. It's working as a heel. Um, and I like what I'm seeing out of him. Again, not the biggest fan of the smaller guys having the big straps, but I. Uh, to me, he kind of proved me wrong in, in being a, a headliner. Um, the Miz just, I will never. He will, he will never prove me wrong. I will never change my point on The Miz. Uh, I think he's a, a mid-carder uh, at best. And that's enough. Let's just stop talking about The Miz. Cause God forbid he walks out with the WWE title. Um, so you're taking Jericho tonight? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking Jericho tonight. Yeah, I'm I, I, think that, I think that easily sets up CM Punk to get the rematch at WrestleMania. You get Jericho win tonight, Punk wins at WrestleMania, and then you set up the rubber match at at uh, you know Extreme Rules in May, which will be from Chicago. So what are you looking at? Uh, the um, SmackDown Elimination Chamber. Who are you looking at winning? You that? know what? Going into it. Going into this chamber match, you didn't really know who was going to walk out because at the time Randy Orton was in it. Now everyone's looking at saying, well, Daniel Bryan's the easiest winner out of this whole thing. I think something big is going to happen in this chamber match. I think, like I, like I, I, I might have mentioned earlier, um, Santino being placed in this match is going to lead to something bigger. 
And like like Dave mentioned earlier, something big's gonna big's gonna happen tonight that's gonna get us all real juiced and ready to go for WrestleMania. Um, so I could see. I mean, the logical choice is Daniel Bryan here. Um, I'm 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 gonna stick to my guns and go go Daniel Bryan. He wins the chamber match, but somehow he's not leaving the pay per view with the title. Ooh, I think something I think point. something's gonna happen. Okay, I, I, I mean, I'm picking Daniel Bryan too. I think he he wins the chamber match. Although you know, it's it's interesting, and I and I don't I didn't think I'd ever say this. And again, a guy that like you know he might very well lose it tomorrow night. Um, but after the pop on SmackDown, man, like would would they give it to Santino for no. a night? Would they? Could they? Crickets. I, I mean. I I, I I I don't. I'm speechless. I don't know. I mean, I really I really don't know. I think like you know the I I can look at Santino Morella as the hacksaw Jim Duggan of this era. He's over like a million bucks. He gets a great reaction from the crowd. He's a solid worker in the ring, and they're going to reward him with big moments. But he's not exactly going to be, you know, at the top of the mountain in the uh, the the eyes of WWE management. I think he'll have a good showing in the chamber, but I don't see him walking out with the title. If they were to do anything remotely close to him being the champion, I think somehow it would the, the you know if he were to win the match somehow it would get overturned by some bullshit you know technicality or something, and then they'd restart the match. But I mean, I'm gonna go. I'll bet the I'll bet the paycheck, the house, the whole nine on on no, he's not winning. <laughs> I would agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on him winning. I just, you know, it's it's. It was pretty amazing to me watching the end of SmackDown and and the, the pop he got at, the, at winning that battle royal. At least, you know, and I like Santino. I mean, I, I do. I was as someone who likes him. I was shocked at how how big a pop he got at, at the end. And again, like you know, wouldn't surprise me if they were to let him win tonight. He would lose it probably tomorrow night. Um, and again, not betting on that, but uh, I would agree with you. I think Daniel Bryan's winning tonight. Um, I think this is the match. You know, at some point, you know, you can have a Weasley kind of champ. You can have that heel type, but at some point in in someone's reign, they have to have a moment where it legitimizes their championship run. They can look and say, all right, well, you know what? He's been a little Weasley, but he beat this guy, or he was able to do this. To me, this is a match that legitimizes Daniel Bryan's uh, championship run, and he might win this match in some Weasley fashion, but he'll be able to come out of that saying that a match that had the likes of the Big Show and the Greek Khali, that he was able to come out on top and and retain uh, his championship. So I, I do think that that will be the case. Um, I do agree with you. There's an end with uh, LaGreca that there's going to be a, a game changer. There's going to be some sort of a big return. Um, you know, interesting to see, you know, everyone thinking that Sheamus is going to challenge the SmackDown champ, but who knows? Maybe he goes after the uh, WWE title um, after, after this. Who knows where uh, this is going to go? I am hoping for something shocking. I'm hoping for something to really pique my interest because if there's anything that three of us, I think, agree on is so far the road to WrestleMania, 
has been a bumpy one and has been a, a little bit stale. Um, and we're hoping tonight we'll uh, kind of be fed up. Are you hopeful, Dave? I am very hopeful. I'm always Glad hopeful. You're. Um, at this point, you know, we have reached uh, the end of our journey. Um, again, I'd like to thank uh, LaGreca, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open and Sirius XM for hanging in the studio for a little bit, giving us his wisdom. Check them out on Sirius XM Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 2 to 4 on Sirius 92. And as always, we're making a habit out of this. Uh, Dave Rosebluth, thank you for uh, co-hosting with me tonight. We'll be doing it again soon. Um It'll look to do this on a more regular basis. So uh, uh, look forward oh, I love to it. It's great. it's great, Ken. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And thank you also to the callers for calling in. This is Kenry of the Kenry Show signing off. Take care, everybody. We did it. Yeah, buddy. All right. All right, I got to end the episode now, so you're going to get cut off. Good show. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, buddy. You too.